Today I'm talking with Daughter of Change and Gold Award Girl Scout, Rebecca Hack. At 16, her resume is already impressive. To begin with, Rebecca has earned all three of the highest awards in Girl Scouting, the Bronze, Silver, and Gold Awards. All three awards allow Girl Scouts the chance to make a big impact in their community while supporting an issue they care about. The Gold Award, in particular, is an outstanding achievement that can unlock opportunities, including academic scholarships. Requirements for each award encompasses the girls recognizing an issue or problem they want to tackle, doing the research to decide how they will do this in a sustainable way, putting the plan into action, and analyzing the results. Rebecca has been dancing for 14 years and has been involved in theater since the third grade. She is the treasurer of her high school thespian society troupe and the choreographer for the Bitterford Middle School Drama Club. Rebecca has been a Girl Scout for 11 years. Did I mention that she's only 16? When I met Rebecca, I was impressed with her poise, passion, and clarity of purpose. She knows what she wants to do, why she's doing it, and how she's going to get it done. Today, we're going to discuss Rebecca's affinity for the arts, the projects that she's worked on to earn her awards, why she chose the projects that she did, her strategies to make these projects happen, the results, some of which surprised even her, and what she's learned from being a Girl Scout. So sit back and get ready to be impressed. Welcome to a Passion to Action edition of the Daughters of Change podcast, where you'll hear the stories of young women who have turned their passion into action through Girl Scouting. Encouraged and prepared through the Girl Scout leadership experience to imagine solutions and chase innovation where others only see challenges, these girls are exploring their big ideas with freedom and flexibility. They are motivated to build things from scratch, unleash their potential, and lead us toward the answers our future requires. Prepare yourselves to be amazed. Before we get started, a special thanks and a big shout out to our collaboration partners for the Passion to Action campaign. The Girl Scouts of Maine, building girls of courage, confidence, and character who make the world a better place. And First National Bank and First National Wealth Management, serving Maine from 17 branches along the coast and inland in Bangor. Dream first, our best days are ahead. Rebecca Hatt, welcome to the Daughters of Change podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, this is uh, this is a fun one. I have really enjoyed spending time with you and getting to know you. So now we're going to let all the Daughters of Change out there get to know you because you are also a Daughter of Change. So 
They've already heard all the fabulous things you're doing in your intro. But before we dig in to talking about all of the projects and the awards uh, that you've uh, earned and worked on with the Girl Scouts, I want people to hear a little bit about you. Okay, so Rebecca, tell us a little bit about yourself. So a little bit about me is that I'm super involved in all aspects of my community. You know, I enjoy activities such as surfing, dancing, theater, painting, and of course, Girl Scouts. And you come from a a family that's really involved in the community, correct? I mean, we, we had talked about this a little bit. So what's that like? I mean, your siblings, your mom and dad, the whole family, everybody's super involved. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they've they've been with me throughout this journey of my project and, you know, we're really close. Shout out to my mom and my dad for being super supportive of me. Um, And, you know, we're always getting things done together. We're never having a moment to rest. (laughs) I I love that that your whole family gets involved in the community. And I'm going to give a shout out to your mom and dad too. Hey, you raised a great kid here. Honestly, it's really, so you're busy. You you told me that even during the pandemic, right? You guys were going the whole yeah. time. We we moved houses during the pandemic, which is crazy because, you know, people were in lockdown and here we are, the Hat family moving our house. <laughs> you're an action-packed family. Yes. <laughs> so tell me something. What was the reason that you decided to become a Girl Scout, Rebecca? So um, 11 years ago, my friends and I wanted to start a troop together. Uh, We were very little and, you know, here we are still today, all three of us. um, We're all best friends and we have this really awesome connection. So, yeah. So that's that's cool. So the three of you have for the past 11 years been doing this together. Yeah. So that's really awesome. I mean. Girl Scouts, you know, builds these connections. Yeah, that's that's really nice. That's a that's a lot. I mean, think about that. Eleven years and you're sixteen years old, so that's quite a connection. Yes, I like that. <laughs> that's cool. Um, what was it that you've learned, or tell us something that you've learned by being a Girl Scout that you would not have learned otherwise? So, um, Girl Scouts has definitely taught me how to set goals and create a plan to reach those goals. Um, I've developed really important communication skills and uh, leadership skills that have really allowed me to be, you know, involved in the projects that I um, start and give me this platform, this voice to take action and complete my goals. Um, I'm really grateful for the involvement in this program, and I really think Girl Scouts provides an excellent opportunity for all girls to learn new skills that will help them in both their everyday lives and their futures. So you're really learning about strategy yes. and strategic planning, right? Yeah. And and like you said, you're going to carry this forward. So this is these are skills that are going to be great if you go on to, you know, post-secondary education, but also out in the workforce, in the working world. And I know you're really into theater and art. So whether you start your own dance company or I kind of feel like you're going to be the CEO of your own company. You're definitely the CEO of your own life. But yeah, yeah. So whether it's, you know, a, a theater company or a dance company or the next new entrepreneurial thing, I know that I'm going to be hearing like, Ms. Rebecca Hatt's oh, name. Thank you so much. <laughs> <In> the <laughs> That's the <so> future. <laughs> but the great skills to learn. And so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to have you fill in the blank, okay? So I'm going to ask you a question and then I'm going to leave a blank and you're, you provide the answer, okay? So here it is. 
Because of Girl Scouts. So, because of Girl Scouts, I am confident and willing to try new things. And you are confident. And you're trying new things. Rebecca, why did you decide to go for the Girl Scouts Gold Award? So, after completing um, my Bronze and Silver Award, I felt that there were still ways I could help make my community a better place. Um, I wasn't quite satisfied with stopping there where I was, um, and I felt that going for gold was something I was ready to do. So by using the skills I had learned from the previous projects, I identified a need in my community and I got right to work. So going for the gold award then was just a totally a natural progression for, for you. Um, but before you got there, you actually earned your bronze award and your silver award. So before we jump into the project that you worked on, the arts project that earned you your gold award, I'd like to talk a little bit about the first uh, two projects you did with your bronze award and your silver award. So let's start with the bronze award and tell us the issue that you identified, what you decided to do about it, and what the results were. Sure. So for my bronze award, um, I focused on my own neighborhood and I identified the lack of access to the library and books in general by kids on my own street. Um, I established a neighborhood lending library where children could borrow books and gain that access that they were previously lacking. I also provided toothbrushes and soaps to these kids. Um, and, you know, by helping to provide these necessary items, I was able to achieve my goal of bettering the neighborhood. And did you get feedback from the kids? Because you must, you probably saw them around, right? So what kind of feedback did you get from the kids about the lending library and the essentials that you made sure that they also were able to have access to? You know, the reaction was really cool. Like the kids would come up and they would take a book and, you know, they would smile and thank you. And I think that they really appreciate. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, That's Ellie, my, the Girl Scout dog. my sidekick. Did she appreciate the books too? She did. She loves to be right too. <laughs> that's, that's okay. So tell us, so you were just about to tell us um, about the reaction you got from the kids in your neighborhood. We know Ellie's excited. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so the kids would come up, you know, they would take the book and I think that they really appreciated having like, um, you know, items such as, you know, a toothbrush of their own. That makes kids really excited to have these necessary items. And, and probably really cool for them to get the books. I mean, um, did, so they, you had, would you have like a little box set up in the neighborhood? Yeah, like a, so it was like a little, it was a little library and they could come and take a book and put it back if they want. But, you know, they usually took them home and had, you know, a book of their own. That's really cool. And where did the, where did you get the books from? Um, mostly from my own garage because my family's, you know, a bunch of really big readers. So we'd put, you know, books that we didn't really need to read anymore, books that like maybe we'd outgrown, um, and they'd come and take those at that time. Oh, cool. So you were recycling too. Yes, yes. Recycling books. I like that. So you had the kids were excited. They got, and plus they brushed their teeth, teeth, which their parents must have been excited about, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, there's something about having your own thing when you're a little kid though. Yes, right? yes. They just, they, they go crazy about that. They yeah. love it. <laughs> so that was a success. So how old were you when you did that? It had to be like 11 or 12. 
Oh, so you were you're just a just yeah. an old woman by then. <laughs> <laughs> so at eleven or twelve, you're already coming up with these projects. So let's move on to the Silver Award. I really, I, I really like what you. I mean, that the Lending Library was great. This one's kind of close to my heart because of you know the work I'm involved with. But Silver Award, let's do the same thing. Tell us about the issue you identified, what you decided to do about it, and then what the result was. So I received the Girl Scout Silver Award for my troop's Project Confidence that I spearheaded when I was in middle school. Uh, We raised money for and collected feminine hygiene products such as pads and tampons for low-income and homeless women in my community. Um, We did this by connecting with the free food distribution in Biddeford. And, you know, through this project, I was able to reach these women and make an impact for them and my community. So how did you find out that this was even an issue? So my mom and I, um, we stumbled across this video on Facebook, and it basically the overall message was that um, some women choose between eating of their next meal and um, buying these products, such as pads and tampons, um, and that that struggle is very much real in this world. And it just struck me that you know there are women in my community who face that struggle. Yeah, I mean, it really, it's something that not everybody would think about. And you were able, so you actually put these in like your local, was it like a local food pantry or? Yeah, food distribution. So they gave out free food uh, to families and people who um, are lower income or just need that extra support. So this is someplace where where you know you're going to find these women that are having this issue. And had the Food Distribution Center ever thought about doing that before? Or was this the first time something like that had happened? So that was definitely the first time something like that was ever introduced, which was really neat that I was able to add that on. And did you get any feedback from either the distribution center or from the women themselves from that? Yeah, so the women would come up and thank me for, um, you know, distributing the product. Um, It was really awesome to see the smile on their face and like, thank you so much. Like, these products are expensive. So um, being able to get them for free and, you know, feeling that security just definitely made them happy. It's important, right? It's it's it's, it's good to there's Ellie. (laughs) That's okay. Ellie is going to be part of this podcast. We love Ellie. That's at, see Ellie's giving Ellie is giving you the um you know the the kudos for that too. And what kind of a dog is Ellie? She's a corgi. Uh, a Pembroke Welsh corgi. Well, we love Ellie. A lot of sass. Yeah. The sassy Girl Scout dog. <laughs> Ellie the sassy Girl Scout dog and mascot, right? Yes. <laughs> well, that's good because I think it's important that Ellie is involved too. So your most recent gold award project is called ECA or Embracing Community Arts. I know that you've been involved in the arts from a very young age. I think you've been dancing since you were two. You've been in theater since the third grade, right? So this is important to you. But what did you see in your community that caused you to want to start this project? What was the impetus for this project for you? So I think that the main thing that I noticed was that, um, you know, at the beginning when I was trying to plan this project is that everything was closed due to the pandemic, which really negatively impacted children's access to literature and the arts. Libraries were closed, schools were closed, dance studios were closed. So all these main access points to the arts and literature in my community were completely unattainable due to the pandemic. 
um, I knew I wanted to do something about this, as I didn't want these kids to be denied access to literature and the arts by something that was completely out of their control. So you you saw a real need for this. So, and, and I just want to back up for a minute, because before even the pandemic, you were thinking about doing a project that brought the arts to the kids in your community, correct? Yeah, so I wanted to start a camp for kids um, who might not be able to have access to the arts, um, you know, based on income or based on just act like, you know, location or something like that, because a lot of kids are able to go to summer camps like that. Um, but it quickly transformed into no one was able to access that. So I really had to broaden my project. So you swerved, right? Like Michelle yes. Obama would say, you swerved from the original idea of a camp when the pandemic hit. And what what was the change? So you couldn't do a camp. What did you decide to do instead? So it completely changed the course of my project. Um, everything, like I said, that was supposed to be in person, such as dance classes and read alouds, were completely shifted to online platforms such as Zoom or Facebook. Uh, my social media presence increased greatly as I really wanted to get the word out in times where communication in person was impossible. Um, the way I distributed my book and art kits changed too. I packaged them in Ziploc bags for safety, and I followed the buses that gave out free food. Um, and I gave the children who needed my kits most um, the art kits. And I was also expanded the range of my project as the demand was so great. Uh, my original plan was to only provide books to children K through 7th grade, and I ended up providing for preschool through 12th grade. Wow. So that was, that was quite a big shift in just who you'd be distributing things to. And so I just want to make sure I understand. This. So you, you were doing dance classes and different things on Zoom, right? And on social media so kids could have that sort of, well, it's not really an in-person experience, but it's about as in-person as we could get during the pandemic, right? Yeah, I still wanted that, you know, person-to-person -person interaction with them. So I held those Zooms and I interacted with them and taught them dance and I read to them. We did crafts together. So you really took your, you took your camp on the virtual road. Yes. Which is so that's cool. exactly it. And what was, what was actually in the kit? So there was a book and there was a craft in the kits that you were actually distributing. What, what, what was in yeah, the, the so bags? Yeah, so there was a great appropriate book, um, a craft. And uh, most of the time, like in the early uh, stages of the project, there was also a Zoom link where they could join and um, do a dance class with me. So That's great. And did you ever talk about the crafts that were in the kits as well with the kids? Yeah, did we did the them together on Zoom. We, we would either color them or paint or um, we did all that together. Oh, my God. The parents must have loved you because. <laughs> yeah, about... it was like an hour to themselves sometimes. Sometimes yeah. they had to help, but it was definitely a relaxation. Well, I, yeah, just because kids were, I mean, kids were pretty much homebound. There wasn't, you know, you know how it is yeah. when you're a kid. You're I mean, they were so bored. Like, there was nothing to do. And I was like, let's give these kids something to do. Oh, my God. That, you know, connects them to the arts and also gets them thinking. Yeah, you're you're the, the parent. You were the parent's hero in the community. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really curious, though, as to how, what was your um, strategy and your game plan to get all of the different materials that you needed. So so just kind of walk us through. Let's step back for a minute. So you had this idea. You knew you were going to do the Zoom classes you know, the, or the virtual camp, let's call it. And you had these kits. 
that you were distributing, but you needed to get the stuff to put in the kits. How did you uh, find the funding for that or how did that all happen? So a lot of it was donations, which I'm very thankful for. Um, The response was amazing to my project and people donated a lot of books that were either, you know, gently used or they would give me money um, towards bookstores where I could go and buy new books for kids, which was awesome too. So these kids got to have some new books and um, some gently used books so that way we could recycle and, you know, give those kids an opportunity that they might have not had. Um, And, you know, we would package anywhere from like... 70 to 200 books at a time to give to these kids so (laughs) and how did how did people find out about it Rebecca so that they could donate either the the books or the the funds to buy the books and the craft kits so social media was a huge component um I started a Facebook page which will be linked um and my sister's friends and my mom's friends and everyone who really supported my project kind of just shared the word and that way it got to everybody and a lot of uh, friends and family donated which was amazing and I'm so thankful. Yeah it's fantastic so you you used what you could at that moment so you didn't just let the project you know wither and fade away. I didn't have a huge budget, but I wanted to make it work and really wanted to give those kids the opportunity. Well, you actually, you really did make make it work because I know this number, but tell the people listening, I know the project's kind of winding down now, but what have the results been? So I've given out over 1,400 book and art kits to kids in my community. Wow. And those were 1,400 kids whose parents didn't tear their hair out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's amazing. Think about that. 1,400 books. I mean, with something that you had to completely sort of, you know, step back and reevaluate how you're going to do the project. So you must be really proud of those. You should be proud of those numbers. Are you proud of those numbers? I am so proud. And, you know, I hope it keeps increasing. Like I have an event this weekend that I'm planning on dropping off books too. And just, you know, I hope that number keeps climbing because I really want kids to have the access. So you're, you're, st- you're still going to be working on that. So we will yeah. have the, we'll have the Facebook page in the show notes. And then let's just tell people verbally the name of the page. Is it under Embracing Community Arts? So um, my Instagram is Embracing Community Arts. And the Facebook page is, I think it's Girl Scout Gold Award Maine. Okay, so we're going to make sure that those links are in the uh, the show notes for the podcast, so you'll be able to find those. It, because uh, who knows? You know, you may have some books or some cash that you want to donate. You never know. And one of the other things that I want to ask you about to Rebecca is I know that it's um, one of the pieces of the projects that you work on. Uh, or you, uh, you, the projects you work on to earn awards, but also all the projects that the Girl Scouts work on is the idea of the sustainability. Talk to us about the sustainability of this project. So the sustainability of this project is actually really neat um, in that it is set in this time during a pandemic where it can be used um, as a plan where social distancing measures are in place. So it can be repeated over and over again, um, which is really awesome. Not awesome that these measures are in place, but awesome in that we are able to have a plan um, to combat that if it is to happen again or if it continues to happen. 
That's great. So everything's laid in place. People could do it. Um, yeah, and they could start it even in their own communities, which is so cool. <laughs> and I mean, and sometimes it's it's just um, it's more accessible to people to do it that way, regardless of whether there's a pandemic. Not everybody maybe can get their kids to camp, so there's an acce- there's an accessibility right. component to that. Yeah. And, you know, it even opens it up to people who want to start it. Um, they can also open it up to people like, you know, all over the world. <laughs> it doesn't exactly. have to just be you in can, your community. There you go. You can go past boundaries, which is really another really important point there, too, for the sustainability. All right. So I'm going to ask you something. I know you probably get some feedback from some of the girls and the parents. Do you have any stories about that or or some of the comments that you heard back or I mean, now that people are outside a little bit more, do you run into kids? And tell, tell me about that. Because they know who you are, right, from Zoom. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, our relationships are really great. They're like, oh, you know, I danced with you all summer. I was like, yeah, it was so cool to teach you. And they, they really look up to me, which is amazing. And um, I sent out a survey uh, towards towards the end of my project, and I asked the parents of the kids, um, how my project might have affected them and they all responded you know my kid really gained the love of reading or they're reading more than they would have over the summer or they're looking forward to reading or looking forward to dance class and the arts which made me feel so proud that I was able to make that oh impact. wow that I love that you did the survey how, how did you do the survey did you use survey monkey or what was yeah, yeah. I did and I sent it out and they all re- responded did you get all the responses back yeah, I did. For like the group of kids I taught dance, wow. they all responded mostly. You know, that's that's impressive because having worked on surveys at my former job, it's hard to get every, you know, you're it lucky is, to get maybe yeah. 10% of the people back, right? So you got, you had 100%. <laughs> so that's good. So you were able to use, was there anything in that survey that was surprising to you or that just really stands out? I was just surprised by the um, constant encouragement like of the parents to continue with my project and how much they loved it. It really warmed my heart that they were so encouraging and um, supportive of me. Yeah, well, you obviously you obviously did a really good job and they loved what, what you were doing. I mean, just the fact that they all returned Thank the you. survey, <laughs> number one, <laughs> right? And then, I, that's amazing. I love that. And I, how many people asked you to be babysitters and nannies after that, I wonder? Oh, <laughs> My gosh, they're always asking. And I don't even mind because I am a certified babysitter. So you go. <laughs> I've got my badge for that. Business is up. <laughs> That's really cool. I love that. Well, if I had if I had a little kid, I'd have a I'd have you come over and babysit, but I, my kids are oh, my kids have kids of their own. <laughs> I like that. Um all right, so you, you found out this was sustainable. You got great results back from your survey. You got all the surveys back, which is amazing in itself. Is there anything else about the project that you learned something from or that you'd like to share with the people listening? I think I just uh, kind of want to say how much it really like <laughs> brought my confidence forward. I'm a very shy person, believe it or not. <laughs> And um, just, you know, following those bus routes and, you know, pushing myself out of my comfort zone and talking to these people and making sure that they got what they needed uh, really taught me how to be a leader and really taught me how to speak up for myself and for others. So I think that, you know, taking on your own project will teach you things like that. And 
I think it's an experience everyone should have. You know, it, it, that really, it's funny because that's how you answered the question when I said because of the Girl Scouts, blank, and you <laughs> you just kind of came back full circle to that, right? It brought your confidence. It taught you how to be a leader. So yeah. I have to say that um, I'm really amazed by the young women and the girls I'm meeting um, through the Girl Scouts and just the things that you're all doing. You're totally like daughters of change. You're the future. And it gives me such hope for the future. I can't even tell you. It's like, come on, hurry up and grow up and take over the world. We need your help. <laughs> yes, I'm definitely looking yeah. forward to helping. I'm yeah, on that I mean, path. Like, just like the Girl Scouts are going to run the world. The, the that would be amazing. Just, yeah, we'll get you all grown up and you can you can straighten things out for us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, well, this is actually then the perfect time to ask you this question. Speaking about, you know, the future but also as a leader, what is the best piece of advice you have for the other daughters of change out there listening, particularly younger women and girls? Yeah, so my advice to you all is if you have an idea to help your community, just go for it. Get a team together and really put yourself out there because you are capable. Um, There really is nothing you cannot do if you set your mind to it. Start helping your community as soon as possible, and you'll be so much better off for it. Um, community service, like I said, it teaches you so many valuable lessons, and you are never too young to complete your goals. Keep your head up high and push through, because you've got this. Wow. <laughs> I, I Like, I don't even know what to say. That was so awesome. I, <laughs> I'm just, I got to shut up here for a minute and just pause. That was really good. Okay, you heard that. You heard that, Daughters of Change, from a 16-year-old. So, a wise, wise 16-year-old. Well, before we say goodbye to everybody, Rebecca, one of the parts of uh, these podcasts that's really important to me is to give the Daughters of Change that I'm interviewing the opportunity to let people know how they can connect and support them and the work they're doing. So how can the people listening connect and support you and your project or projects? So please, if you are able to, um, start your own Embracing Community Arts in your community. Um, If you need help or support on how to get started, we are always there. Um, You can always reach out and we will totally guide you on how to get that started. Reach out on Facebook or over Instagram. And we will be there to support you Um, by continuing my project in your community. It helps uh, keep my project going. And it also helps to keep literature and the arts accessible to everybody. Okay, so they're going to know how they can get in touch with you either on the Instagram. I know they can direct message or the same thing with uh, leaving you comments. So if you would like to start this in your community, Rebecca has just said that she will help you. So there's no excuse. And with the internet, it doesn't matter where you're listening from. Um, You can get in touch with her. So we'll make sure that the Instagram is there and also her Facebook page. And Rebecca, any final words for the people out there, the Daughters of Change and the people who love and support them that are out there listening? Um, I love all you Daughters of Change listening out there, and I hope you stay safe. With much gratitude and thanks, I want to recognize our sponsor for the Passion to Action campaign, the First National Bank, whose strong tradition of service 
extends beyond their walls by dedicating resources to identify and fund critical areas of community need in their market areas. This includes programs that enhance the quality of life, instill pride, and promote important initiatives, including education and youth, health and human services, civic and community development, and culture and the arts. Thank you, First National Bank.